Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Story Behind series. Now I'm here with Miss Dorman. Obviously, we've saved the best to last. So would you please introduce yourself? Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. Um, I'm Miss Dolman. I'm a history teacher. Um, I've been at Stepney Green for about two years now. Um, but this is unfortunately, sadly, my last term here. And I'll be moving on. Yeah, so as we're ending off the series, we're ending off Miss Dolman's career at Stepney Green. So let's start off with Stepney Green. What would you say is the highlight or your favourite memory at Stepney Green? Favourite memory at Stepney Green? That's quite hard. Um, the whole, I would have to say the whole thing as a journey in yeah. general. Um, starting at Stepney Green, the, my first year here was quite challenging. I had quite a lot of bad behaviour in my classes. Um, learning names was really difficult yeah. for me at the beginning, like so difficult. Um, but as soon as I started to kind of learn names and learn characters, learn pupils as individuals, that it just it, there was just this moment where it swapped round, and I started getting this level of respect. Who's a, who's your the your favourite new teacher that you've met at this school? Oh, Miss Evans, it has to be. <laughs> okay. So tell me a little bit about how you know. You, did you guys come together to the school? We yeah. We, me and Miss Evans met when we were training to teach together. So we were in. You go to a, the way the PGCE works: postgraduate certificate in education, yeah. teacher training. It's one year at a university. Um, and so you we, teach at university, or you do? No, you go into you go into university and you do like one day or two days a week at university, yeah. effectively being taught how to teach, and then you do two different placements at, at placement schools. Yeah. Um, so me and Miss Evans were in the same university group. We never taught at the same school together, um, but we would work together. We'd tell each other about how our days were at the different schools we were at, um, and we always planned lessons together as well. Yeah. Um, so she got a job at Stepney Green first, a couple of months before I got the job. Um, and then Mr. Clouston, who was the head of history when she yeah. got the job, emailed her and said, you know, we're looking for another history teacher. Do you know, Do you know anyone? anyone? Yeah. And she gave me the shout out then and I got the job. Um, history is your forte. <laughs> what, what was the thing that made you so passionate about history and choose it as a career? Uh, his, history was what I was most interested in, I think. I was better at English when I was at school because I think it was actually easier to, to blag. Sorry, English teachers, if you're <laughs> listening. I do. Uh, I feel like if you've got a good vocabulary and you're quite articulate, English can come quite naturally to you. Yeah. Um, whereas history... I just kind of, I always, I always loved escapism when I was a kid. So yeah. reading books and especially when they were based on like times past, I just loved the idea of being there. So I was kind of interested in that. Um, but it, it wasn't really history teaching that I wanted to do. I always wanted to work with young people. I used to work like voluntarily with young people throughout my youth. Um, and then I always wanted to be a primary school teacher originally. Yeah. Um, and then I got my first job in a secondary school and within a week I was just like, no, nah, I need to be working with teenagers because they can hold a conversation. Would you ever go back to the thought of you know, teaching a primary school? No, no way. You've just picked that? No way, I wouldn't go back to it. They're, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different kind of care and teaching, I think, yeah. when it's primary. And I prefer secondary, so yeah. You talked, a bit, you, do, you talked a little bit about escapism. Do you find that in like, for example, films, music, does that come into your life as well, like when it comes to escapism? And is that still relevant in your life now? Yeah, absolutely, of course, yeah. Um, the right song or the right music, the right film can pick you out of any mood, I find that, or make you stew in whatever mood you're feeling, or take you back to a memory, make you think of something you haven't thought of in ages. Definitely, music is so important in my life, and films as well. What kind of mood do you like to listen to when it comes to music? Um, I don't really listen to like any like any screamy stuff, really. Rock, I did in my, like maybe a bit when I was younger, but yeah. not really. I quite like hip hop, I love grime, which not many people 
would say, I think. Um, but yeah, mainly hip hop, I think, would be my genre. Maybe like neo soul, yeah. if you're going out there. Like, yeah. All right. Um, talk me through your previous careers. Talk me about what you were doing prior to teaching at Summer Green. I've been working pretty much since I was about 16. Like, as soon as I was able to work, I went out and got a job. Um, and then after, when I was at university, I worked in a travel agent um, selling holidays to Aged people. what? Um, well, at university, I've been in 18, 19. Okay. 18, 19. So I was working, I was at university at the time. Yeah. But doing. What were you doing at university at the time? I did archaeology and ancient history. So you knew you were going to go into history, right? Yeah, well, I can't, well, you know what? I actually wanted to do English at university, but my school told me. Language that they didn't literature. Think literature. Yeah. Um, my school told me they didn't think I would get the grades at A level. And I did get the grades at A level, but by that time I'd already applied for ancient history and archaeology. So it was like a backup, I've got the grades, I can do this. Um, but I was interested in it. It was like a passion subject. Mm. Going to university for me was always more about like independence and being excited about learning rather than a career path. I was lucky enough for that to be what my university was about. Yeah. Um, so you were doing retail. What did you do after that? Yeah, so retail, went to university, did the um, travel insurance, travel holidays, like a, a holiday state agent thing. Um, graduate, and I did like some promos work there as well, so like leafleting, flyering for like events and stuff like that. Was that boring? Well, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a career job, but again, it gave me money and it made me social at university because it meant I was standing outside like a student bar with flyers. I had to speak to people, I had to speak to strangers and be like, so do you want to come to this night? Do you want to come back? Do you want to buy this toothpaste? There was one where I was promoting like Teletubbies and I had to actually dress up as a Teletubby. <laughs> oh, no joke, like, yeah. I was dressed up as a Teletubby, age 18, just like on the street being like, yeah, come come to this Teletubby thing. Like yeah. it was, so it was fun. It was actually quite fun. And then after university- Did that boost your confidence? You, you know, yeah, you're, you're so. being a Teletubby in public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, it's like me and some of my like girlfriends, so we were all doing it together. Um, that's all right. And it was yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And like I think that's another thing I've taken through to teaching. It's so important to be able to laugh at yourself. Like, yeah. and I think as, like in and this school, that's been a struggle. I think a lot of the boys here kind of struggle with being the centre of attention or being the butt of the joke, maybe. Like, mm. and, and that's something I'd like to try and encourage a little bit more. Like, it's okay to laugh at yourself. Seriously, I laugh. Yeah. Like everyone laughs at me. I laugh at myself. But I think that's more of a teenage thing. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, Tell Toby in public, one yeah. X. And here I am. <laughs> what did I do after that? So after university, I was trying to save money because I wanted to travel. Yeah. And um, so I worked in a phone shop. I worked in O2, the phone shop. Where, where in O2? In Bournemouth. Um, I've moved around the country a lot. So I lived in London for a bit, Manchester. So you grew up, you, you were born in London, right? Yeah. And then? And then I went to Manchester University at the age of 18. Yeah. So I lived in Manchester for three so, years. So you grew up your whole life in London? Yeah, then, northwest London, yeah. Yeah. And then you moved you move to Manchester age 18 mm -hmm. to pursue what? University. Just university. Just to get the yeah. degree, yeah. You walked out of university. What did you do next? Um, moved to Bournemouth for about a year and I worked in that phone so London, shop. So London to Manchester to Bournemouth. Yeah. You you worked in the O2 uh, then, then what? Yeah, worked in O2. Then I worked in a um, an insurance sales company, like a phone sales company. So people ringing up, asking for insurance, me selling it to them. Is Was that boring? Yeah, that was like the worst job ever. See, I get those calls all the time. And I just think, <laughs> imagine being in that position. Yeah, at least this one was people rang in to me. Okay, so it was better. slightly better than me just calling saying, do you want a quote? So it was slightly better, but it was boring. It was the same conversation every 20 minutes scripted for the whole well. day. Yeah, scripted, yeah. Yeah. Awful. But I made loads of money from it. It did make me Is a lot it of good money. Is it good pay? Yeah. Then I went to, um, I went traveling. So I went to South America for about a year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. I flew to Chile and I spent about a month in Chile. Um, and then I went up to Bolivia and spent a couple of months there. 
Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, all around there for Doing months, what? Months, just exploring? Months. Yeah, I was kind of, I was exploring, I was backpacking. Um, I learned Spanish while I was there because... <laughs> can, can you still speak Spanish? Yeah, poquito. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, so I learned Spanish while I was there and I worked a lot. I worked with young people, I worked with orphans. I spent um, about two months in the rainforest working with spider monkeys. That was amazing. So you're, you're crazy. Yeah? You just <laughs> go off to all these places and do so many things. Yeah it, yeah, it was all about experience for me. Like I always just wanted, to, I'm just hungry for life, I guess. I want to experience as much as I possibly can. Yeah. So um, you, so your sole purpose was just experiencing life. Yeah. Travelled, then did you go back, did you go back into work? Did you Yeah, chill? then I came back and I actually moved to Belfast. So you, you've been <laughs> up and down the country, been into yeah. all these other countries as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, moved to Belfast for a bit, um, which was awesome. Belfast was wicked. And it was, yeah, it was, the first, it was one of the first integrated schools in Northern Ireland. So Catholics and Protestants together in one school. Yeah. So when I went for the interview, they said something like, you know, how are you going to deal with working in an integrated school? And I was just like, I'm from London. They're all white Christian. How is it integrated? Like, yeah. there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing integrated about that in my point of view, like at all. Um, so, but obviously it was a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal there. So yeah. after that, I moved back to London, did my PGC and then started here. So um, you talked about how you constantly want to experience different life <laughs> and Stepney Green yeah, is coming to a close yeah. and you're moving to? I am moving to Oman. Yeah, Muscat, Oman in about five weeks time. Five weeks time? Yeah. To do what? Um, well, it's teaching still. I w I'm going to be head of history there. So it will be a head of department role. So still history? Yeah, still history, definitely. Mm. But it'll be... You know, there's about 65 different nationalities in just the pupils in this school. So it's going to be really diverse. It'll be totally different to here. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like the polar opposite, I guess, because I'll be going from like a non-Muslim country to yeah. like a diverse country with, with like a non-diverse school, really. And then moving to an Arabic Muslim country in a diverse non-Arabic Muslim school. So it's like a... Complete opposite. Complete, Complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find that so interesting. When you're living in London, you've got a comfortable job. Why move elsewhere That's because like so what i've got a comfortable job i don't have i don't really have any f i've got loads of friends around here because i grew up here but my family aren't here um i don't have a partner i don't have kids i don't have anything really stopping keeping you. me here yeah, yeah nothing stopping me exactly so why not go and explore and do more um and i'm like I love being outdoors. I love being active. Um, and Oman has all of that. And just it has like beaches, life. mountains, desert. Yeah. So it's just like a different, totally different pace of lifestyle, I guess. Completely new language, completely new culture. You, are you excited or are you scared? Both, totally both. But I firmly believe that life begins outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, I really, sure, I really do sure. think that if you're scared about something, it's probably good. Like before each job interview I've had, I've been terrified. And it's like, it's adrenaline almost, it's mm. fear. And I think that's so But good then when, when you accomplish it, it's that, that moment when you look back and saying, I was so scared, but then I've accomplished it. Exactly. I went to this <laughs> job interview and this is for a head of department. I've only been out of training to teach for like a year. So I didn't think I would get a head of department job. It's a, it's a promotion and I didn't think I would get it when I went to the interview. I was going for like experience to see what it was like, to, to ask them about what the school was like, that kind of thing. And then I got it and I thought I'd be silly to pass it up, even though I've never been to the Middle East, I've never been a head of department, like I don't know anything about what I'm getting myself in for. And so I got it and that was great and now I'm terrified. It's like, <laughs> what? I've not Are you it. quite rash in terms of your decision? Like once you see something and in that moment you think, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah, sometimes I think I can be, definitely. I definitely say spontaneous, maybe not rash. Like I knew 
I knew that I would be moving to teach internationally after two years. Like it was always in my that head. That was always in your yeah. head. Speak, any of my friends and family would say, yeah, I was so always So it, it wasn't one of those where you were in Simply Green and you didn't like it, so you wanted to go to another school? No, no, not It at was all. always in your, not at in your head. I would not I would not be leaving Stepney Green to go to another school in East London. Like, no, no. It's, not, it's nothing to do with not liking Stepney Green while I'm leaving. It's, it's purely experience and me wanting to travel and live outside of the UK. So um, you're more fond of the style that they're going to implement into their schools? We'll see. I don't know if I'm not, I'll move so you on don't even again. know what you're working into, <laughs> do you? No, well, they have, they're the same. It's a British school. So again, it will be similar, um, but I'll have more freedom over it. And um, because, because I'll have a, a higher up role, maybe I'll have a bit more freedom over it. And also the... I don't know, because it's an international school, they're not even that bothered about retention because a lot of the teachers that go and teach internationally want to travel. So they're not expecting me to stay there for 10 years, 15 years. They're expecting me to stay there until I want to go somewhere else. And the, the principal who interviewed me, he even said, like, when it's time for you to move on, we'll, we'll try and hook you up with another British school in another country Seriously. if you want. Like, it's not, we're not going to be sad that you want to leave and go somewhere else. Like, the head of department that I'm replacing is moving to Kenya to go and teach in Kenya now. So yeah. it's like... They can constantly find new people. That's not the problem. Yeah. You learn you learn Spanish in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to learn Arabic in a, <laughs> in a short amount of time? Maybe like three times the amount of time. Um, I'm going to try and learn Arabic. Yeah. I'm going to try. Like there's teachers there which have said they will give me Arabic lessons when I go to the school. So I'm going to try and learn it. Um, I think it'll take me longer than Spanish because I think Spanish is a lot closer to English. Yeah. And obviously like reading and writing Arabic is going to take me ages to yeah. try and learn. How long do you think you're going to stay in Oman for? I, I honestly can't answer it till I get there. The contract of employment that I'm on is two years. Um, so at least two years. I'm thinking maybe a little bit more. It depends how much I like the lifestyle. Like I learned so much when I teach and go around because I'm learning cultures and I'm learning how different pupils react to different things and how different things are taught. So yeah. it's like teaching and learning as well. And that's what interests you as well. It's yeah. culture, completely different culture. Yeah, definitely. What about Miss Evans? Is she is she coming along? Is she... <laughs> <laughs> I would love Miss Evans to come along. No, as much me and Miss Evans are very, very different people. Like very, very I different. find that hard to yeah, I know, yeah. I know. We have we have very different priorities, we have very different um things that we like to do, um, things that make us happy, whatever, very, very different lifestyles. Um, she, Miss Evans likes to travel a lot, but she likes to go on like little holidays. So little um, ah, holidays. Whereas you prefer to integrate into completely different different societies. Yeah, I mean, my family, my dad has lived in Southeast Asia for the last couple of years. My brother lived in America for the last couple of years. So your your so, family so, yeah, is like, like that. Yeah, so we basically, we've all, we just have, a, we have the, I have the relationship with my family and I'm very lucky that they will come and visit me wherever I am. I will visit them whenever they are. Thankfully, because of WhatsApp and Skype and stuff, we can talk It's enough. possible, yeah. Um, my dad and my brother are very like, yeah, do what you want. Come, yeah. Brilliant, yeah, great, of course. <laughs> if I was upset or worried, they'd be there, but they have a very relaxed, you know, do whatever makes you happy. That's kind of where we've all been at. My family are very much do whatever makes you happy and we'll support you in it. We're like that for each other. Um, do you see yourself ever said that back into London, in the UK? I will always come back to London because I do feel like it's my heartbeat. Like every time I've been anywhere, I will come back to London and I miss it when I'm away because yeah. it's such a special city. Like I've been to a lot of cities and nothing compares to London in my eyes. But I don't Pink. think I would settle to live here. What expensive. makes London special? The diversity. Yeah. It's the diversity of like of everything, of opinion, of faith, of ethnic background, of fashion choices, of music. I just think it's the coolest city. And also yeah. like the ancient, the history here is wicked. Yeah. It's wicked. And I think, I th yeah, I just love it as a city. I love London. I, I don't think I can ever w walk out of London, but um, in terms of the 
curriculum at, in London and, and in, in the UK, do you, would you say that getting a good GCC is a make or break factor for a person's success? No. It's not, it's not you have to get a good GCSE, it's not that. That's not how I feel about it. You have to put your best effort in, is what I would say. Because what's the point in doing something? What's the point in going to school for five years to come out with something that isn't your best? Like, what is the point? You're just doing yourself a disservice there. Mm. So it's not, it's, not get, it's not get the best GCSE, it's just get the best thing that you can for yourself. Do your best in everything that you do is like the best mentality there. What is the point in doing a job half-assed? Like, there's no point in put, if your name is going on something, you want it to be the best. Because otherwise people are going to see it and think, that was her, rubbish. Like, <laughs> so I want it, I want everything that my name is attached to, to be the best that I could make it, definitely. I think people find it hard because, you know, sometimes you spend like three years in university and then you come out and you still can't find a job and then you end up going into retail, you work there and then it's like it takes so much time to get into your career. Lack of jobs does increase into criminal activity, like people just go into retail. So people are thinking, well, if I don't go into university and I do some criminal activity like selling drugs, for example, quick money and it can be a solution to people. What do you think of that? I think quick money is is never a great option. Yeah. It's very very rare that any money that comes quickly to you has been made in a in a good way and will bring you much success. Um, it, making quick money by doing things like that is obviously you know there's it's illegal would be yeah. the main thing. So it might be bringing you quick money, but the risk is so high if you get caught doing something like that you know you're going to go to prison or you're going to get arrested think about the lives that you're damaging the people that you're selling to the like everything about that drug dealing is a separate issue i suppose than what you're actually asking about <laughs> um but it's not going to benefit you in the long term doing things like that is not going to help you when you're 30 40 50 and you're trying to actually make it something of your life you can't put that on a cv you can't say that's my experience um, so although it might be a quick fix and it might be more attractive to some people when they're saying I'm not going to be able to get a real job anyway, um, so I'm just going to do this, I see the attraction of it, but just think smarter than that because it's going to get you in more trouble than it's going to cause solutions for you. Definitely. And not only that, you're also putting yourself under bad influences and bad friends and then what happens is you end up having post-Cold War and war crimes <laughs> and so then it's like unemployment equals drugs equals bad friends equals knife <laughs> crimes and you get yourself involved in like, murders and all these kind of things yeah i mean i think yes there's there's always a direct correlation between unemployment and rising crime that is the truth I, you know we're laughing about postcode war but it is something that is actually very relevant and is happening yeah. all around us well. it is scary that in london we're growing up and like we're seeing so much so much of an increase in knife crimes and stuff what do you think it would be the solution to all of this <laughs> um oof. I don't know. I think I think youth outreach is the way to go. I think you have to tackle the problem um, where the problem is apparently at. Um, so whereas our government have done things like uh, taking the gang music off YouTube to try and stop like that music. Being, yeah, like that's ridiculous. How is that going to stop what's happening? To take away um, something that is seen as, as actually an expression of people trying to express how they're feeling about something like that. Um, to take that away, as, as you know, when you take something away from someone, it makes them want it more. It makes them search for it more. So things like taking the drill music off the internet, that's, that's not going to stop the drill music being made. That's going to make it more underground, more cool, um, and make people search it out. Um, so it doesn't stop the problem. So the problem um, it needs to be outreach, it needs to have spaces for the youth to go in the, in the evenings or to talk about things um, and to try and tackle those problems where they really are. Maybe providing more jobs in the youth centres maybe, we could do it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you think like a public censorship isn't the solution? 
No, I don't agree with public censorship. Yeah. All right, so we're going to uh, move on to the final segment of our podcast series, and I'm going to ask you some quick questions, mm. and hopefully you can give us some answers to that. Yeah. First question is, if you could teleport back in time to any point in history, when would it be, and who would you hang out with? Oh, fantastic. Great question. Um, I, me and Miss Evans ask each other this all the time, you know, um, and my answer changes pretty daily. Sorry, it's meant to be quick. Um, today, I'm going to go with like ancient Egyptians. Ah, ancient like Egyptians, yeah. yeah. I'd hang, I'd hang out with some pharaohs doing some Any like, specific pharaohs? Mm, maybe Tutankhamun, because he was quite a young king, so he might have been a bit of like a baller, a bit of a G. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite a lot of money. Um, and like the gold, I just love the, I love the whole look of it. Next question is, what's the last dream you remember? I actually had a really weird dream last night, um, and it was about the World Cup, but it was also... Same, same. I had a dream though, but that England got out of the World Cup. That's horrible. Don't say that. It's touch wood. So you're talking about your dream? My dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, it was the World Cup. I can't really remember it. I don't really remember dreams so much, um, but it was the World Cup, and Putin was there, and, and Kim Jong-il was there, and controversial yeah it was all just a bit strange it was just a bit like it was like flashes of political leaders and football and um yeah i woke up just feeling a bit weirded out by that being my dream but nothing there's no real story to it i'm afraid it's not really but like do you find yourself like dreaming about history like moments <laughs> in history because you learn about it and you know about it um no i think most of my dreams are kind of um like total escapism they're all like um stuff like in the clouds or in the jungles or in the bottom of the sea it's all like stuff that i wish that i was doing mm. <laughs> all the time it's normally stuff like that it's very I rarely i don't like... ever remember my dreams like for me it's just a black screen yeah same i think i just remember flashes of it i never yeah. remember like a story of a dream um to end of the series on a strong note coffee or tea 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 yeah. i love tea yeah how, how often do you have tea uh, i reckon three times a day so PG it's not tips. that much i reckon that's normal yeah pg tips yes obviously i can't try coffee like it's, it's too bitter for me uh well, loads of sugar would be my tip but sugar's bad for you so maybe not a great tip what do you think of sugar tax sugar tax is great i hate it yeah, well, me too. I eat so much sugar, as anyone will again tell you. My classroom is just covered in biscuit wrappers because I eat digestives all the time. But it's good because we should stop eating sugar. It's really bad for us. Your teeth are going to rot, your heart rate's going to go up, you'll get diabetes. So sugar tax is good. So that's your final <laughs> bit of advice. Thank you so much for joining us on the final episode of the Story Behind series. I hope everyone that's listening has listened to the other episodes as well. And yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been very enjoyable.